Welcome indeed, dear listener, to Main Menu for the week of 18th February 2009. I'm Chrissy Cochran to guide you through this little program here. We have two items for you in about oh, 29 minutes or so. Corey Martin will bring us part two of his review of Mobile Geo from Code Factory. Before that, Jeff Shang tells us about a nice little netbook PC, or a mini laptop as I think they call them, from HP. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's get a little bit of housekeeping done first. If you'd like to write to us, you can write to Main Menu at acbradio.org. That's Main Menu, or one word, at acbradio.org. If you'd like to visit our website, that is at mainmenu.acbradio.org. Mainmenu.acbradio.org. There you can give us suggestions that uh, you might like us to review something, or you might like to do a review for us even. Um, Look at previous shows, look at the show notes, and um, good, good things like that. Finally, if you'd like to become a member of our friends list, you can do that as well. It's main menu friends subscribe at acbradio.org. That's main menu friends subscribe at acbradio.org. So, to the main content of the program today. Firstly, Chia Shang and Nama Erez have recently purchased a nice little new toy. It's a netbook PC. A dear little thing. Sounds good. And I'll tell you, I want one. Hello, Jeff Shang with you here on Main Menu. Now, Nama and I have just purchased a new toy and we thought we would uh, tell you all about it. I'm recording this on our new uh, netbook computer, a uh, mini laptop as they like to call it. And uh, this particular model is the HP 2133. And I'll tell you all about that over the next uh, little while. And um, maybe the reasons why you might want to get it, or perhaps some of the reasons why you might not. I'm recording this um, on the uh, netbook itself. And uh, the recording is taking place um, at our dining room table. Um, out in our dining room. Nice to get out of the computer room for a little while. Now, uh, we purchased this computer because we felt that um, it was, well, first of all, time to get something a bit newer than the laptop that we have. It's starting to show some signs of age, even though it's still working okay. And we were shopping around. We looked at the various options of whether to buy something like a, um, you know, a Braille Note or a, uh, a PacMate. Uh, but uh, we both liked the idea of being able to buy something that runs a standard uh, operating system rather than say a, a uh, you know say Windows Mobile or something like that. And uh, also there was the the cost to be considered as well. And so we decided uh, on the balance of things that we would have a look at one of these um, smaller mini PCs. Now. I know that a number of you out there are big up in the uh, laptop area and uh, and obviously these smaller machines now are uh, kind of looking at the same market. But I'm not one of these people. 
Um, I've never actually, uh, this is probably the first time I've even organized to purchase a laptop new. Uh, so I'm not big in this area at all. And um, I'm hopefully will try and uh, answer some of the questions that some others of you who aren't big in this area at all either um, may have um, to ask about these sorts of machines. Um, we went for a mini laptop or netbook because um, we didn't feel with with the uh, the way the process is going these days, the power that you can get in even the most simple of processes, um, we didn't feel that we needed a uh, fully fledged processor in a uh, uh, fully fledged laptop processor that is uh, be simply because um, we could probably do most of what we would want to do with a um, a portable device in one of the netbook processors and the price difference was considerable so um, unless you want to do a serious amount of processing um, you may well find that one of these machines is con uh, considerably significant for your needs and I'll be talking about the processor a little later alright um, so let's get down to it this, as I say, is the HP2133. There are a few different configurations available, and I'll talk about that a little bit later too. Um, but I'll talk about the device itself, um, the basics of it. The measurements that I have for it here, and apologies for those of you who use metric, but the measurements that I have in front of me here are actually in um, imperial measures, uh, which will probably suit the majority of our listeners, I would expect. It's uh, about an inch or so thick. Um, I would have perhaps thought maybe it was slightly less than that, but that's what they tell me, so I'll believe them. It's about 10 inches wide and about 6.5 inches uh, from front to back, uh, which is pretty small. Uh, when we were looking at these things online, I did a lot of reading up on it and everything, and... Um, uh, I didn't quite get an appreciation for exactly how small this unit was going to be until it actually arrived. But uh, even with uh, the small size, um, the uh, space saving has really been in areas that um, are really not going to be too much of a concern for uh, blind people. The area at the front uh, of the keyboard where the touchpad is is a lot smaller than you'd find on a laptop which is not going to bother them, uh, most of us, I shouldn't expect. Uh, there is a touchpad here, though, so you can still use that if you want it. And uh, quite conveniently also, though, there is a button which turns it on and off so that if you don't want to use it, it's not going to prove uh, intrusive. The keyboard is a 92% size of full keyboard, so um, it is uh, quite comfortable to type on, but it does have a couple of idiosyncrasies, which I'll come back to uh, in a moment. Um, the uh, screen, and, and this is one of the reasons uh, why it's also cheaper, the screen is um, 8.9 inches uh, diagonal, that's how they usually measure these things, uh, diagonal screen, 8.9 inches as opposed to maybe what you'd find in a laptop would be several inches larger. And even in some of these other machines, you know, you've got, say, for example, the Asus um, N10e, which is a 10-inch. So by having a smaller screen, if you don't need to use the screen, you're not paying for screen real estate that you're not actually using. Um, 
so that's another place where they've managed to save some space. Let's have a look around the uh, periphery of the machine. We have um, at the front of the machine, uh, well first of all I should say the lid of the machine is, is somewhat uh, interesting. It doesn't actually secure down onto the body of the, of the machine. It just sits there when it's closed. So um, much like a book uh, with, that, it, that it is named after. That may be a little off-putting, um, but it really isn't much of a concern. There's a couple of uh, little rubber feet on the lid to prevent, to prevent scratching um, of the actual uh, base of the machine when it's closed, but uh, there's no actual catch, so there's no opener either. There's two little switches on the front. One is for turning the power on and off, and the other is for uh, turning on and off the uh, integrated uh, wireless and possibly the Bluetooth as well. I haven't fully investigated that. Um, so they're the only two items on the front of the machine. Um, I'm tracing around the machine, so I'll uh, beg you to forgive my any handling noise that might be coming over this as a result. At the front left, on the left-hand side, we have the two audio connections, the uh, headphone and um, microphone connection. Then we have a USB port, slightly curious-looking USB port because there's a little uh, extra bit on the side of it. I'm not quite sure what that is for. haven't been able to find that out. Um, I, there's not been anything in the specs that would uh, lead me to understand why that's there. Um, maybe there's nothing of any great uh, import there, but it is there, so usually these things tend to mean that they do something. Anyway, moving on, uh, the air vent uh, for uh, uh, keeping the uh, machine cool, of course, and the VGA uh, monitor port. No connections on the back. Then on the right-hand side, there's the uh, hole for the Kensington lock. I don't really understand how that works. Um, for those of you who don't know what a Kensington lock is, it's uh, a thing so that you can secure these uh, sorts of devices to a table uh, or whatever else. A lot of um, machines have them these days. All the models that I looked at had one of these. Um, I don't really understand how they work. It just looks like a hole to me, but I'm sure there's more to it than that. Uh, the power input uh, for the, uh, the the charger, the uh, network connection uh, for the wired network, uh, which is uh, a gigabit Ethernet, uh, the other USB port, and uh, we have on the right-hand side uh, at the front, uh, we have the express card slot, and the uh, SD card um, reader. Now, for those of you who've never heard of Express Card, and I'd never heard of Express Card until I started looking at this, shows you how much I haven't been looking at the laptop field. But Express Card seems to be the new, the latest version of the uh, um, PC, you know, the portable sort of expansion card um, standards. So um, it's kind of replaced the PCMCIA card um, uh, standard and it, uh, in fact, is endorsed and organised by the same people, the PCMCIA people. This uh, particular device has a 54mm slot, which means that it can take either 54 or 34mm cards, but 34mm um, uh, 
slots can obviously only take 34mm cards, which is one of the advantages that this machine has over um, its uh, rivals. So that's the uh, periphery of the machine. Um, on the, uh, the lid we have the speakers, the microphone, um, and the, uh, the monitor of course, and the webcam. I just wanted to talk a little bit about a number of the features in the device. Um, first of all, let's talk technical specifications um, because that will interest some of you. This machine has what's called a VIA C7M processor. Um, it's one of these um, smaller sort of processors. This is a 1.6 gigahertz VIA C7M processor. Um, this is perhaps one of the weaker points of the machine. It uh, doesn't have as powerful a processor as, say, some things like the Asus uh, N10e, which has um, the um, Intel Atom processor. Um, but having said that, um, it's, it is um, adequate enough for what we seem to want to do with it. We have noticed that when you're doing things like loading in programs and things like that, uh, it does tend to get be a bit slow, and sometimes it can get a bit uh, sluggish in responding to things. Um, but it can do uh, internet streaming. We've um, tried uh, using it to uh, to do some test broadcasts with, and it performed flawlessly. So. Um, it's obviously uh, got some power there, and uh, even though it's sometimes been a bit slow in doing things, it certainly has proved able to do everything that we've asked it to do, and keeping in mind we've only had it for less than a week at the time of doing this review. Uh, this particular configuration comes with one gigabyte of memory. There are versions that come with two, and I'll come back to the different types of configuration uh, in a little bit. Uh, bit before the end of the program. Um, the um, there is only one memory slot, and it c the maximum that the, it can support is uh, two gig two gigabytes of memory. The uh, storage it has a one hundred and twenty gigabyte uh, hard drive, which is uh, of course very useful and. Um, uh, nice and quiet. In fact, the whole device is uh, very quiet. Um, I haven't really heard the fan doing very much, but even when it does, it's not particularly intrusive. We have uh, various networking options here. We have the uh, LAN uh, network connection. As I mentioned, it's a gigabit uh, Ethernet connection, so you can do up to uh, uh, 1,000 Mbps, and uh, also we have wireless and Bluetooth. Bluetooth is uh, Bluetooth 2.0. The wireless uh, only goes up to um, 802.11g. It doesn't support the 802.11n standard, uh, which uh, I'm not sure is official standard yet, but certainly a lot of devices seem to support it. Nevertheless, that is still 54 Mbps and uh, ought to be adequate for... Um, all applications. Certainly we have found um, that the wireless uh, with using it with our uh, router which is in uh, another room in the house
has been absolutely rock solid. And uh, we were, in fact, doing a test broadcast a few days ago, um, not only broadcasting over the wireless connection, but also playing the music um, over the wireless connection as well. And it had absolutely no problems. Um, and in fact, um, was also monitoring back the connection, uh, you know, monitoring back the broadcast over the uh, wireless connection as well, and it was completely rock solid there. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the review, there is a switch that allows you to turn the wireless uh, on and off. Uh, we have um, the audio in and out. Uh, I, we have the audio in is a stereo connection, and uh, so that's quite useful. means that you can use it as a stereo line in source, and also stereo microphone input, which was uh, very useful indeed. Um, I haven't actually tried the line inside of it, but I would expect that it would be fine. Certainly, I've plugged the microphone into it, um, a halfway decent stereo microphone that I have, and it sounded uh, very nice. The uh, recording that we're doing here, though, is on the built-in microphone, uh, in the laptop, which I'm sure you'll agree is very good for a laptop. Um, and in fact, the built-in microphone is also uh, stereo. One thing that's a little odd about it is that the uh, positioning doesn't seem to be very even. Um, if you listen to the stereo image, it sounds like that the uh, right-hand one um, is in a slightly different position. It may be a little lower on the machine or something. You can certainly hear more machine noise through it, and if you are using the speakers and both sides of the stereo microphone, you can definitely hear that the speakers are much closer to the right-hand one, and I perhaps suggest that maybe the positioning of the right-hand one is not so good. Um, but um, it is an interesting feature, nevertheless, to have an, an inbuilt stereo microphone and certainly the left-hand side of that microphone is uh, fantastic. There is a uh, webcam built into this uh, this particular model, and I understand from um, a person who's looked at it that it works just fine, um, as you would expect uh, a webcam to work. And it's located in the lid so that if you're sitting uh, in front of the uh, computer, then um, if you're looking at it, then it will be looking at you. The keyboard. Okay, let's let's get onto the keyboard because it's going to be an area of importance to us uh, in particular. Uh, the keyboard, as I said, is a 92% size keyboard. It has a few little quirks. One thing that's interesting, and I might not have noticed this very quickly had I not read it in a review, is that the one key and the accent key are considerably smaller than the rest of the keys on the row. Um, the one key actually is not much smaller, but it is a bit smaller. The accent key certainly is a lot smaller. Um, in practice, though, this doesn't make a lot of difference. Um, what, another thing, though, that is a little strange about it is that there's no um, column at the right-hand end with the, uh, say, page up, page down, home and end keys. The way that they've managed to deal with this is that they've used the function key to change the function of the arrow keys. So when you hold down the function key, uh, left becomes home, right becomes end, up becomes page up and down becomes page down. Uh, the function key itself is worthy of mention because it's a little unusual the way it works, uh, or not so much where it works but where it's positioned. Um, the function key 
in my experience, normally is either immediately to the left of the space bar or um, right in the corner to the left of the control. Um, but on this machine, it's between the left control key and the left Windows key. So I often find myself um, either pressing uh, Windows when I mean to press Alt or pressing Function when I mean to press Control. Um, and uh, so that's a little bit off uh, off putting but I guess one would get used to that. The keyboard itself is quite flat, uh, perhaps flatter even than it needs to be. Um, the spacebar in particular is very flat and sometimes that uh, causes you to have a little difficulty finding it but um, I know it sounds a little odd but uh, again that's one thing you'd get used to. Uh, if you used it for a while. The touchpad is uh, shallower from um, top to bottom than you would normally see, but it's still quite wide, and I would think that uh, there wouldn't be any great difficulty with using it um, if you use that sort of device. Interestingly, the uh, button press on the keyboard keys is not that deep, um, but the uh, though deep enough, uh, but the buttons on the touchpad actually do down, go down quite a way. If you are low vision, you may find the size of the screen a problem. Um, I'm not a screen user, so it's not so much an issue to me. Um, but the 8.9 inch screen is smaller than you'd find on most laptops. Um, so uh, that may be a little small. Uh, but I guess you would just have to have a look at these things and um, decide whether um, it suits you. The sound on this machine, as I mentioned, uh, you obviously are listening to the microphone and it's very good. The speakers um, are located in the lid and so um, they're pointing uh, in an advantageous direction unlike on some other devices. Um, Asus, one uh, we were looking at in particular, has the speakers on the underside which is most uh, unfortunate. And the speakers here on this um, device are very good. Um, they're good. Um, I would say that a, a laptop that had speakers that sounded like this would be considered good. So on a device's size, um, they really are quite excellent. Um, the speaker grills run from um, near the top to near the bottom of the lid on both sides and, um, and really do um, uh, sound great. Now I did mention that this machine comes in a few different configurations. Uh, there are some versions that run Linux and there are also versions that come with uh, Windows Vista and uh, also the one that we are using which comes with Windows XP Home. The configurations that we had to choose from um, offered either Windows XP Home on a device with one gig of uh, RAM and a three cell battery which is the smaller of the two um, or versions um, of Windows Vista running on machines with two gigs of uh, memory and a six cell battery. Um, why they don't offer all the possible permutations um, I don't know um, but that's the way it is and also the uh, Vista machine um, was um, a little more expensive, somewhere in the order of a hundred, uh, say, hundred and twenty dollars more expensive. Um, I guess it's really a matter of preference and perhaps budget and maybe availability in your area as to which uh, particular model 
you decide to get. The uh, six cell battery, of course, has a longer lifespan than its uh, smaller counterpart, but the smaller battery fits more sn snugly on the uh, unit. Uh, the weight, incidentally, um, again, um, apologies for the for the uh, measurements, but it's somewhere between two and three pounds, depending on um, the battery being used and also um, uh, some other considerations. I believe it's somewhere around 1.2 to 1.4 kilos. It's really not that heavy, um, and uh, it's really quite a, a cute little device. The price, of course, is going to depend a lot on uh, what it is where you are, but um, it would appear from uh, the material that I've just looked at just before look, uh, doing this review, and bearing in mind that sometimes it's difficult to know how old some of these prices are, but it would seem to me that it would, the unit starts somewhere um, around... Um, $450 or maybe a little more and uh, upwards depending on the con the configuration uh, that you get. Just quickly on perhaps a couple of the downsides, there are machines uh, of this sort of size that have three USB ports instead of two and uh, also as I mentioned earlier there are also machines this size which have more powerful processors but uh, then again, you will probably pay more for those machines. And we decided at the end of the day that um, it looked as if on paper the sound was going to be um, good on this device, and we decided that was important. And so we went for it, and that has proved to be the case, um, that it is good. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've only had this device for a short time, so there may be shortcomings that we're not aware of yet. But certainly up until uh, now it's uh, met our expectations and proved to be a very useful device and uh, so um, we're certainly enjoying using it. Uh, this has been uh, Jeff Shang talking about the uh, HP 2133 uh, netbook PC on main menu. I rather wish I hadn't heard that. I want one. They're nice. I've heard it being used with Skype and I've got to say the recording, uh, the microphone quality is absolutely superb. But enough, but enough. Uh, I want one. Anyway, you're listening to Main Menu on ACB Radio Mainstream. I'm Chrissy Cochran. Now then, Main Menu, as you know, and for the last umpteen years, has been broadcast on a Wednesday at 01 hours UTC. And it still is going to be. Worry not, worry not. Nothing nasty is coming. However... There is a rerun of Main Menu, Saturdays at 01 hours UTC. And that is followed by Main Menu Live for another hour with Mark Marvel. So get a listen to that and he'll tell you all the details of how you can subscribe to his list and interact with the program. All sorts of goodies like that. That's Main Menu Live and both are cycled every uh, for the rest of that broadcast day. Let's get it right. They're recycled for the rest of the broadcast day. So there we go, that's Main Menu and Main Menu Live here on ACB Radio Mainstream. Next up, Corey Martin's part, the second of the Mobile Geo review. Mobile Geo from Code Factory. Now then, we left him just about to press a button and get it to make sounds and say something to us. So uh, go on then, press it. 
Receiver colon Holex slam 236 open paren connected close paren press enter to configure settings 9 of 11. Okay, that just gives some status indications on my receiver. And if you press enter here, it will open the GPS settings screen, which I'll get into shortly. Basically just for setting up various settings for the GPS receiver. Or if you have multiple receivers, you can use it to toggle between them. Good quality, 9 meters, tracking 7 satellites, 1 of 11. Okay, and we've wrapped back around here. The last two items here give you the time and your device's battery status. So, uh, quite informational in terms of that. It's good to have. So, also, the time reading is taken from the device, not from the GPS network. So, as long as your clock is set correctly on your device, you'll always have the correct time. So what I'm going to do here now is just go into the menus here. I'm just going to perform a command uh, alt double tap 3 just so you can hear the soft keys. Alt. Left soft functions, right soft menu. Okay, so left soft is functions, right soft is menu. So we'll start with functions. Alt. Set user locations, one of eight. Set user locations. And I'll come back around and go through all these, but essentially that's for finding an address or um, if you wanted to look up certain information like that. Root functions, two of eight. This is for creating roots. Search, three of eight. Search, this is for performing searches for points of interest. You can do a basic search, which will pull up the available points within a given radius. You can expand that radius and set the threshold amount of how much to search for. Um, currently it's quarter of a kilometer or mile depending on what metric or imperial units you're using and it'll list all points of interest in that range and you can expand it as you need to expand. If you use the advanced search then you can expand on it more by giving it minimum and maximum values for search radius. You can search by keywords, by category of points of interest or subcategory, or in specific locations. Virtually explore the map, unavailable, 4 of 8. Currently that's not available right now because I'm in the GPS mode, but that's an option where you can explore the map. Boats, 5 of 8. This is where you change from virtual exploration mode to GPS mode and back again. Settings, 6 of 8. Settings is where you set up program settings. Announcement history, 7 of 8. Announcement history, this is where you can go in and see what the program has been saying in a list so that if you miss something, you can just come in here and see what it had to say. User favorites, 8 of 8. And user favorites, this is for setting up your own points of interest and whatnot. Set user locations, 1 of 8. So I've wrapped around here. I'm going to press enter here. Select an address, 1 of 3. Select an address. This is how you would search for an address. Set current GPS position, 2 of 3. You can set your current GPS position as a destination, your virtual position, or a GPS point of interest. Set lab slash lab coordinates, 3 of 3. This is what I was talking about earlier in the review when I said you could go on Google and use, for example, Google Maps to do a search for an address or a point that may not be in the GPS database if that ever happens. And then once you have the GPS coordinates from Google, you can actually just manually enter them on here. Wait. Plus position colon. 
good quality, 9 meters, tracking 7 satellites, 1 of 11. So as you can see, our satellite count has increased, and we're at good quality now because the system is getting a better reading from the receiver. The receiver's been on longer, and has been able to triangulate more satellites. I'm going to go back into the menu here. Alt. Set user locations, 1 of 8. Root functions, 2 of 8. These are the root functions. Create automatic root, 1 of 9. Create automatic route. This is where the program will actually create a route for you. It allows you to set various things like the destination. Currently, because I have a destination set, I could just go right in here and create a route. Although, because I'm at my destination, of course, it's not going to be able to get me a route to go very far. Display route points unavailable. Two of nine. This is unavailable because we have no route currently active, but this would allow you to see the route so you could review it before you undertake it. Load saved route, 3 of 9. This is to load a saved route. Save current route, unavailable, 4 of 9. If we had a route active, you could save it here. Reverse route, unavailable, 5 of 9. Again, if we had a route active, if you'd reached your destination and decided, well, okay, I need to go back now, you just go to this and it'll reverse the route for you. Recalculate route, unavailable, 6 of 9. If you're somehow off course, you can have this... Uh, recalculate the route. Also, the program will automatically do this if you have that option enabled if you get off track. Automatically recalculate when off dash route colon on 7 of 9. And as I was just saying, that is the option right there. And it's currently on for me. You can turn it on or off. Give route instructions as colon detailed waypoints 8 of 9. There's different options. Detailed waypoints creates a waypoint for every single change in the route. So every time a street changes, every time there's a merge of lanes, if you're in a car, every time you turn, everything. It's very detailed. You can also go by turns only. If some people don't want all the descriptions and the verbosity of it, you can go with turns only. Personally, I like it this way um, because it gives me an idea of what's around me. But it's totally up to you. If you're in a car, sometimes the detailed method can be a little bit too much information because the car is moving so fast and mobile geo is trying to read off every single change that happens and so it can lag behind. So sometimes you want to go with the other options here to less verbose that turns only. Cancel route unavailable nine of nine. Cancel route which of course Right now we can't cancel because there's no route. Create automatic route one of nine. I've wrapped around here. I'm going to go into this option just to show you what you can create. Calculate route based on known origin and destination one of three. Now currently, because I already have a destination set, I could just press enter here and it would just create it for me. But I'm not going to do that. Set destination two of three. You could set your destination. Set virtual position or origin, 3 of 3. And set your virtual position or origin. So I'm going to get out of here. Alt. Set user locations, 1 of 8. And now I'm going back in the menu. Root function, search, 3 of 8. Time to search. Basic POI search, 1 of 2. Basic POI search and... Advanced POI search, 2 of 2. Advanced POI search. So let's just go to basic here just to show you how easy it is to find out what's around you. Basic POI search, 1 of 2. POI search, re POI search results, plus home, 9 meters south. Okay, so there's home. Plus James Earthworks, 76 meters northeast, 2 of 8. Uh, okay, there's another... 
place. Um, looks like a construction company, I believe. Plus Keith Sullivan Construction, 88 meters northwest, 3 of 8. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Plus Lethbridge Christian School, 159 meters north, 4 of 8. There's a school. Plus Riches Plumbing and Heating, 0 0.20 km west, 5 Seem of 8. have a lot of industrial type places around here and home hardware type places or something. Plus Jeff's Painting and Decorating, 0 0.24 km northwest, 6 of 8. Plus LDS Missionaries, 0.21 km east, 7 of 8. Expand search radius, 8 of 8. Okay, I haven't found what I want, so let's go to this. Searching. Okay. VOA search, search results, plus Italian Canadian Culture Center, 0.27 km south. Okay, so there's another option. Plus Stafford Pharmacy, 0.31 km south, 2 of 19. Plus Pops Pop, 0.31 km south, 3 of 19. Plus Ella Family Hairstyling, 0.31 km south, 4 of 19. Okay, I think you get the idea. Let's say I want to call the drugstore. I want to see if my pills are ready, so let's go up here. Plus Stafford Pharmacy, 0.31 km south, 2 of 19. Press enter on here. VOA detail, VOA details, press enter for options, or press hash to return to the main screen, name colon Stafford Pharmacy. Description colon 1475 SD Edward Boulevard N, Lethbridge, FD1H2P9, 403-320-6502 of 5. So there's the phone number. Now if this was a smartphone, I can actually phone it uh, straight from here. Of course it's a pocket PC, so I'll just have to punch that into my cell phone. But it's, it's very handy. You don't have to worry about looking at phone numbers for most things that are in the database. The information is already there, like the street address and the phone number, and it is nice to have the street address because the GPS system is great, but not every single address is going to get it plotted down to the exact street address. No GPS system I've ever worked with, including the original Sendero system, and there's a couple of Symbian smartphone solutions available, and and this solution, honestly, as well as some of the other solutions available to the sighted, none of them generally get the street address exact. You can't be totally sure of that. So it's nice that the actual address is here, so if you were in a cab or something, you could just give that information to the driver. Category colon medical service, 3 of 5. Subcategory colon all, 4 of 5. 0.31 km south, 5 of 5. Okay, so it is categorized as a medical service. So if you wanted to search for drugstores, you could just do a search for that category. I'll get to that right away. I'm just going to go in here and show you what you can do also by just pressing enter. Set as destination, 1 of 3. Set as virtual position, 2 of 3. Dial phone number, 3 of 3. There's that option. Of course, it won't work for me um, to dial, but I can set as a destination or a virtual position if I wanted to move my pointer to that part on the map and look at where the pharmacy is. I don't want to do you any of that. Press enter for options, or press hash to return to the main screen, 0.31 km south. So I just canceled that. Now I'm going to go back to the menu here. Set user locations, 1 of 8. Search, 3 of 8. I want to do an advanced search now. Advanced VOA search, 2 of... 
POS starting search distance window, starting distance open paren in kilometers close paren colon, edit, zero, left soft next, right soft cancel. Okay, I've got it set to zero, but of course, let's say you knew that somewhere was five kilometers away or more. So you could put a five here and then nothing before that would be found. POI ending search distance window, ending distance open paren in kilometers, must be greater than the starting distance close paren colon, edit, 90, left soft next, right soft back. I set it to 90 kilometers, then I know everything in this area is going to be shown. Loading POI category selection window, select a category colon, list, all, one of 45, left soft next, right soft back. Okay, you can also search for category, so... I don't really know of a specific place I'm looking for here. I'm going to select a category. Airport, 2 of 45. ATM, 3 of 45. Bank, 4 of 45. Bar slash winery slash brewery, 5 of 45. Beach, 6 of 45. Bonus, 7 of 45. Border post slash frontier crossing, 8 of 45. Bus slash rail, 9 of 45. Business district, 10 of 45. Car rental, 11 of, cemetery, 12 of, city, 13 of, intersection, 14, dental surgeon slash dentist, entertainment, 16 of, 45. Entertainment, let's see what we got. Loading POS, mobile geo window, POS subcategory selection window, select a subcategory colon, list, all, 1 of 26, left soft next, right soft back. Okay, now if we wanted specific entertainment. Amp entertainment inc, 2 of 26, capper A, 3 of 20. Karmic Cinemas Inc. 4 of Cinemark 5 of Cultural Center 6 of Discothique 7 of 26. Get the idea. I'm not looking for anything in particular, so I'm just going to go back to all. Cult all. All. 1 of 26. POMA window. Search string colon. Edit. Greens. Left soft next. Right soft back. Last time I was in here, I was looking for a store called um, Greens Pop Shop. So I don't want greens. So. I'm gonna just get rid of that. Lowercase. Back. Sierra. There. So. I just use the keyboard to erase screens. Pressing enter to search. Searching. search results. Plus top hat. 2.55 km. 2 o'clock. Okay, that's the name of a bar. Um. Plus Roadhouse Thirst and Drill, 2.57 km, 2 o'clock, 2 of 13. Wow, I seem to have selected all the bars. Plus on Garden 21 Club, 2.59 km, 2 o'clock, 3 of 13. Plus in Plexavion Cinemas, 2.70 km, 2 o'clock, 4 of 13. Okay, I don't want to go to a bar, but a movie might be good. POI details, POI details, press enter for options, or press hash to return to the main screen, name colon Cineplex Avian Cinemas. Now, this is like what I did before with the pharmacy, I've pulled up a detailed screen on that particular in, in interest, um, the point of interest that is. Description colon 501 Avenue S, Lethbridge, Apt 1J4L9, 403-329-0002, of 5. And there's the address and phone number like before. Category colon entertainment, 3 of 5. Subcategory colon all, 4 of 5. 2.70 km, 2 o'clock, 5 of 5. So it kind of gives you an idea how far away it is, but we're not going to go there today. Odd.
We're gonna go Step back to, to the. Locations. One of eight. We're gonna go back to the menu here. Search three of eight. Virtually explore the map. Unavailable. Boats five of eight. I'll go in here next. Navigation boat colon GPS one of three. Follow route sequentially colon off two of three. Look around announcements colon on three of three. So. Navigation mode colon GPS one of three. This is where you switch from GPS to virtual, which I'll do in just a moment, actually. Follow route sequentially colon off two of three. Follow route sequentially. Essentially, this is for if you want to follow a route directly, or if there can be any sort of changes in direction. I have this off currently. Look around announcements, colon on, three of three. Look around announcements. Um, this is for when you're moving around. If you want to hear information about what's going on around you, like things you're passing, whatnot, I like to have that on. Navigation mode, colon, GPS, one of three. Now let's switch this to virtual. Virtual navigation active. Below details, press enter for options, or press hash to return to the base screen, 2.69km south. Okay, I don't want to stay on here. Alt. Set user locations, 1 of 8. Select an address, set current GPS position, 2 of 3. We want to go here. As destination, as virtual position or origin, 2 of there 3. There we go. Virtual navigation active. Virtual location updated successfully. Where am I? Press enter for options. Or press hash to return to the main screen. Three-way. On St. David RDN. 65 meters. West of St. David RDN. West and East and St. George RDN. South. Okay. So. Basically, it gives you information about the street you're on. So that you know what's going on. Control. Left turn. Three-way, on St. David RDN, 65 meters, west of St. David RDN, west and east and St. George RDN, south. Okay, now I've turned so that if I was now facing the street, I would have, from my driveway, I would have turned so that I can walk up the sidewalk. So I'm going to do that now. I'm going to press the, I've got the control key on, so now I'm going to just press the up arrow key to move forward. Forward, 65 meters, three-way, west of St. David RDN, St. David RDN, ahead and behind and St. George RDN, left. Okay, now, um, again here, this is another road intersection. It'll move to the next place where you could actually turn off that block. Now let's see what happens if I turn here. Left turn. Three-way, south of St. George RDN, St. George RDN, ahead and St. David RDN, right and left. Okay, so I've gone out of my street, so I'm going forward. Forward, 192 meters, three-way, southeast of St. George RDN, St. George RDN, 7 o'clock and ahead and St. Francis RDN, left. Okay, St. Francis is another road that intersects my other street, so that's what I meant about the street kind of curving around it sort of confusing, but I don't want to turn here because I just end up going back into my street, so we're going to go forward again. Forward, 70 meters, three-way, southeast of St. George RDN, St. George RDN, behind and St. Edward Boulevard, and left and right, Italian-Canadian Culture Center, 41 meters right. Okay, now, this is, the St. Edward is a street near my house, it's a little busier. I want to 
continue down this because we're going to go try to find that pharmacy. So let's turn right now. Right turn, three-way, southwest at St. Edward Boulevard and St. Edward Boulevard and behind and ahead and St. George RDN, right. You did notice before it did indicate the Italian-Canadian Culture Center, which is a point of interest, and it announces it was just as though we were walking around like real-time with a GPS. Forward, 119 meters, three-way, west of St. Edward Boulevard in, St. Edward Boulevard in, behind and ahead and Stafford DRN, left. Okay, here we go. This is an even busier road, and I know I want to turn left here. Left turn, three-way, south of Stafford DRN, Stafford DRN, ahead and St. Edward Boulevard in, 8 o'clock and right, Jehovah's Witnesses, 13 meters right. Okay, there's another point of interest. Moving forward. Forward, 218 meters, three-way, south of Stafford DRN, Stafford DRN, ahead and behind and 13th Avenue and left. Okay, now let's just keep going and see what happens. Forward, 0.293000 kilometers, three-way, south of Stafford DRN, Stafford DRN, ahead and behind and 10th Avenue and left. Bethel Presbyterian Church, 18 meters left. Okay, you know what? I know for a fact that I've gone too far here, so I'm going to try and go back now. Go back, three-way, south of Stafford DRN, Stafford DRN, ahead and behind and 13th Avenue and left. And as you can hear, that's no problem either. But I'm still too far past the pharmacy. Instead of doing it this way, because I already walked past it, I know that. Because the virtual mode is great for moving from intersection to intersection. However, you're not able to, say, walk five meters and then stop. It's not that precise. It's meant to give you a basic overview of streets around you, how long they are, what kind of turns you can expect, that sort of thing. So... Let's say we wanted to find this pharmacy. Oh. Set user locations, one of eight. There we go. So. Virtually modes, five of eight. Navigation mode, colon, virtual, one of three. 12 meters, two o'clock to destination. All right, now I'm turn. I press enter for options, or press hash to return to the main screen. Street name colon ST David RDN, address colon 1119 Southeast, home 15 meters, 1 o'clock. And again, like I said, that's going to vary a little bit, but I've turned the GPS navigation back on. So let's go back to the menu. Alt. Set user locations, 1 of 8. Okay. Root, search, 3 of 8. Basic POA search, 1 of 2. POA searcher, POA searcher, plus key, plus key, so, plus Richard, plus Jeff's plus LDN, expand search. And I know that it was... POA searcher, POA search results, plus Italian Canadian, plus Stafford Pharmacy, 0.32 km, 2 o'clock, 2 of 19. Gotta go pick up those pills, so, that I ordered earlier, so, we're gonna go in here. POA detail. POA details, press enter for options, or press hash to return to the main screen, name colon Stafford Pharmacy. Of course, I don't actually need to pick up any pills, I'm just making that up for this review. Virtual navigation active. Where am I? Press enter for options, or press hash to return to the main screen, three-way, on St. Edward Boulevard and 29 meters, southwest of St. Edward Boulevard and west and northeast and Stafford DRN, south, is Stafford Pharmacy. Okay, what I did is I kind of cheated here, and 
I've moved us to the pharmacy directly. Let's create a route here. Hold. Set user locations, one of eight. We want to go to that pharmacy I was talking about. Search, three of eight. Basic POA search, one of two. Searching. POA search, search results. Plus, plus tip. Expand search radius, eight of eight. Searching. Plus Italian Canadian Culture Center, plus Stafford Pharmacy, 0.31 km south, 2 of 19. There it is again. Now the question is, did he ever find the pharmacy? We'll find out. That's Corey Martin, part two of his review of Mobile Geo from Code Factory. You know, one of the problems with doing this program is you want most of the things you hear described. They're wonderful. That is great. You're listening to Main Menu, and that just about wraps it up. But before I go, let me remind you once again, if you'd like to submit a review or ask us to do a review of something, you can look at our website and get details there. There's a form there that you can fill in. It's at mainmenu.acbradio.org. That's mainmenu.acbradio.org. Don't forget, Main Menu Live on Saturdays at 02 hours UTC. Anyway, that's it for Main Menu for this week. On behalf of our executive producer, Nama Erez, and the team, I'm Chrissy Cochran, wishing you good listening here on ECB Radio Mainstream, where your listening is our business.